podcast where we read you the one star reviews of your favorite movies and more my name's kat and i'm riley we're watching clueless but riley has an update because she finished a race so go ahead let us know what you think so i'm gonna give people who listened to the last episode because i'm about to spoil everything so if you don't want me to spoil anything give you five seconds and i'm gonna start skip to three minutes 11 seconds to avoid spoilers five four three two one i was right I called it. I called it. I called it. I called both of them. Mm -hmm. Technically, it was the teacher. It was the teacher all along. But the mom kind of had a little something to do with it. I mean, yeah. But it was the teacher. Holy crap. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I loved the ending. I thought Mm -hmm. he was going to die and I was going to be really, really upset with that because like what kind of ending is that? They keep toying with you and towards the end. The last three or two episodes, they're just toying with you. They're just they're just messing with your emotions, which is fun. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. He I you know, I think he's dead. Then I find out he's in a coma. I'm thinking, oh god, he's gonna be in a coma for the rest of the show. Oh god, he's waking up for the coma, he's not gonna remember anything. We we're, we're gonna learn all this stuff all all over again. And then Floor he remembers everything. So mm-hmm. It kind of sucks. I was in a coma for 15 years, but like, it was the best outcome that could have happened, I guess. Yes, honestly. How fucking good of a mother is she? She's amazing. She's an amazing mother. She's an amazing mother. She's a wonderful character, honestly. She's a fantastic, fantastic character. She is. One of the things people were upset about was that Kyle didn't wait for him and she ended up marrying his best friend. Uh, that was okay. I will say that was a little pulled out. To me, that wasn't really, I'm not really upset by that. I didn't want them to end up together. I just thought it was like random to have her end up with his friend. It's random. Last thing, and then we'll we'll start on Clueless. How'd you feel about him going back in time when he messed up? Irie helps him, and then like Irie almost dies. I think Irie's a useless character. Yeah. She doesn't even show up at the end. Because, I mean, well, he doesn't know her. And I think well, at that age, she'd be like 12 or something. So there is a part after the credits that I missed the first few times I watched it. Oh. Where he's walking under that tunnel that he meets her at when he goes back into the present. Right. And this is like a few years after his coma. He bumps into Irie in the like new timeline. Oh, okay. So she does come back. It's just like really, really at the end. So it's oh, really okay. easy to miss. They like have this weird deja vu moment with each other. Ah, uh, he remembers. Yeah, he remembers. And he could. you could tell like she kind of has a feeling like, I know this guy. Why do I know this guy? I think I cut it at, because like once the credits started rolling, I didn't want, nothing should change after that. <laughs> no, but I thought it was good. I was right. It was the teacher. And there were hints throughout the show telling you it was the teacher. So that makes sense. Yeah. But we watched Clueless this week, which came out in 1995, and it is rated PG-13. The genre is a rom-com slash coming-of-age movie, and the runtime is an hour and 37 minutes. And the plot, if you don't know, Cher Horowitz is a stylish, good-natured, and popular teenager living in a Beverly Hills mansion with her wealthy father, Mel, a gruff litigator. Her mother died during a liposuction procedure when Cher was a baby. She attends Bronson Alcott High School with her best friend, Dion Davenport, who's also wealthy and beautiful. Dion has a long-term relationship with popular student Marie Duval, though Cher believes Dion should be dating more mature men. Josh, the socially conscious son of Mel's ex-wife, visits Cher during a break from college. She playfully mocks his idealism while he teases her for her vanity and superficial lifestyle. 
After receiving a poor grade, Cher decides to orchestrate a romance between two teachers at school, Miss Geist and hard-grading Mr. Hall, so that Hall will relax his standards and allow Cher to renegotiate the grade. After seeing their newfound happiness, Cher realizes that she enjoys doing good deeds. When a clueless transfer student named Ty Frazier arrives at school, Cher decides to make Ty her next project by giving her a makeover with help from Dion, providing Ty with confidence and a sense of style. Cher tries to extinguish the attraction between Ty and Travis Birkenstock, an amiable but clumsy slacker, and instead steer Ty towards handsome, popular student Elton. However, Elton has no interest in Ty and instead tries to make out with Cher in his car after a party. When she rebuffs him, he leaves her in a parking lot out of spite and she is mugged at gunpoint. Josh picks her up and the two begin to bond. Fashion-conscious new student Christian attracts Cher's attention and becomes her target boyfriend. When she goes to a party with him, Josh decides to follow her to the party. She invites Christian to her home and tries to seduce him, but he deflects her advances. Murray subsequently tells Cher and Dion that Christian is gay. Despite the failure of her romantic overtures, Cher remains friends with him due to her admiration of his taste in art and fashion. Cher's privileged life takes a negative turn when Ty's newfound popularity strains their relationship and when she fails her driving test and cannot change the result. When Cher returns home in a depressed mood, Ty confesses that she has feelings for Josh and asks Cher for help in pursuing him. Cher says Ty is not right for Josh, leading the two girls to fall out. Feeling totally clueless, Cher reflects on her priorities and her repeated failures to understand or appreciate the people in her life. After thinking about why she is bothered by Ty's romantic interest in Josh, Cher finally realizes that she is in love with him. In response to her epiphany, Cher begins making awkward and sincere efforts to live a more purposeful life including captaining the school's Pismo Beach disaster relief effort. She accepts an invitation by Travis to a skating tournament where she reconciles with Ty. Cher and Josh eventually follow through on their feelings for one another, culminating in a kiss. Ultimately, her friendships with Ty and Dion are solidified. Sometime later, Mr. Hall and Miss Geist get married, and Cher attends the wedding with Josh, Dion, Murray, and Ty and Travis, who have begun dating. Cher catches the wedding bouquet, and she and Josh embrace and kiss. The end. It's kind of weird because they have the wedding at Cher's house in their backyard. That's really fun. Everyone's invited. Everyone mm-hmm. in the movie. The teachers don't even know who Josh is, but he's invited. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cher probably got a plus one, you know? That's true. That's true. And it was at her house, so like... Yeah. He's already here. He's already here. He lives upstairs. <laughs> yeah, he has a room. That's true. But like everyone, all the kids, all the kids yeah. at the high school. I think it's really nice that... I mean, if I had a nice-ass house, I'd let my friends get married there. I mean, yeah, honestly, it is very nice. It's a beautiful mansion. Yeah. So this movie was directed and written by Amy Heckerling, who also directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And she also appears as the maid of honor at the teacher wedding at the end. Oh, okay. And this is loosely, very loosely based on Jane Austen's Emma. Mm. The cast, Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, Brittany Murphy, Paul Rudd, Donald Faison, Alyssa Dovin, Brecken Meyer, Jeremy Sisto, and Dan Hedaya, which is the dad. He's fantastic. He is. That actor has said that this movie was his favorite movie set to work on, his favorite experience. So I thought that was really sweet. That is really sweet because he's a good dad. He's grumpy, but he's a good dad. He's not. Yeah. He's a good parent. He's grumpy, but he like rarely ever takes it out on Cher. No, it's on everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like very soft with her and except with like her grades. Which is any parent really. Yeah. Some trivia, the budget for the film was $12 million, and at the box office, it made $56.6 million. The tagline for the movie, there were two variations of it. One of them was, sex, clothes, popularity, is there a problem here? Or, sex, clothes, popularity, whatever. Hmm. Which, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Clueless was filmed in California over a 40-day schedule. The film's director studied Beverly Hills 
high school students to understand how teenagers in the 1990s talked and learned some appropriate slang terms for them. So she did her research with real teenagers. And then Clueless has developed a cult following and has a continuing legacy. The film was followed by a spinoff television sitcom and a series of books. Amy Heckerling, the director and writer, worked on the TV show as well. I want to watch it, but I have no idea where that is. I didn't know it existed until doing research. Well, it has four seasons. I mean, like... It's got to be something appealing about it, you know? Yeah, it got renewals. People watched it, apparently, too. Yeah. The film itself actually originated as a television pilot, like the idea for it. Oh. The original pilot idea came around in 93, and then writer and director Amy Heckerling said, quote, 20th Century Fox said they wanted a show about teenagers, but not the nerds. They wanted it to be about the, <laughs> the cool kids. The most successful character in anything I'd ever done was Jeff Spicoli in Fast Times. People think that's because he was stoned in a surfer, but that's not it. It's because he's positive. So I thought, I'm going to write a character who's positive and happy, and that was Cher, end quote. Aw, because, yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah. And it's a great movie because of it. Yeah, she's not just like a cynical teenager. No, she's, she's so funny. I just love this movie. This movie's so good. <laughs> it is. Paul Rudd actually bought everyone gifts after the film wrapped, which I thought was cute. Of course he did. <laughs> I love it. Alicia Silverstone, who played Cher, actually did not know how to correctly pronounce Haitians in the classroom scene. And director Amy Heckerling told the crew not to correct her because she liked it so much and she wanted it to be in the film. I love that. <laughs> Nobody tell her. Nobody tell her, no, this is gold. <laughs> Hadians is funnier, just leave it. <laughs> At one point, Ty, played by Brittany Murphy, insults Cher by calling her a virgin who can't drive. And Murphy confessed later that at the time of filming, she actually was a virgin who couldn't drive. And I love that clip. That clip is so fucking funny because she goes, actually, I was a virgin who could not drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I love that. During the game of suck and blow, the cast was unable to sustain the breath to make the real credit card pass her mouth to mouth. A prop card made of cardboard was substituted that still did not work and holes were drilled into it to make it easier and when this also failed, the whole cast slips were heavily coated with chapstick to force the card to stick. Oh my god. So it went through a lot to make suck and blow work. Wait, so it's, so it's not a real game. I've seen people do it with apples in other teen movies where they like have to pass like an apple oh. from person to person. But suck and blow, I don't think I've seen elsewhere. 90s kids, let us know. 90s teenagers. I had no clue because I was watching it and they said that. I was like, oh god, <laughs> what do I have to do? <laughs> You're like, I'm out. I'm not playing this game. <laughs> oh, like you thought suck and blow was something to Well, they know this play. This play suck and blow. I was like, oh god, <laughs> what's about to happen? I don't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just the card game. It looks like it's plausible, but like I understand how it it's not. Yeah. I understand how it would not be a real thing because yeah, they they had to jump through a lot of hoops to make it look like it worked. So yeah, but while filming, Paul Rudd was actually mugged <gasps> and had his backpack stolen, which held the script for the movie. Oh my god! So someone has the Paul Rudd clueless script somewhere out there. I bet that's already been sold off. Yeah, I was about to say eBay already has. Yeah, someone on eBay already bought that. Wow. One of the most famous famous lines in Clueless is, you don't understand, this isn't a liar. In the scene where Cher is being robbed at gunpoint, but when she is told by the mugger to get on the ground, she protests because she doesn't want to ruin her designer outfit. According to Heckerling, the scene is based on a true story that she heard at a dinner party about a man whose wife made him start wearing designer suits. And I think he was mugged while wearing a designer suit. Oh, dang. Well, I just love in that mug thing, he, he makes her get on the ground, says, count to 100, thank you, and then runs off. Yeah. <laughs> he thanks her. <laughs> That's, that's such a, like a random like little thing. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he goes, thank you. Bye. <laughs> 
And then according to Heckerling, a major network passed on the film partly because of the romance between Cher and her stepbrother. Yeah. Which is understandable. I wish they did almost. Because <laughs> that is the one weird thing about this movie that I don't think we can avoid talking about. He could have been a family friend, you know? He could have been an apprentice to the dad. Yeah, he could have been interning. He could have been interning with him. He could have been so easily an intern. He could have been like childhood family friend that he sees him like a son, but he wasn't literally married to his mother at one point. Yeah, it's giving royal bombs a little bit. and It is. That's a critique, I would say. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. It comes up. I had to limit the amount that that comes up. Mm-hmm. The last trivia fact I have is that another iconic line from the film is you're a virgin who can't drive, which was inspired by Heckerling's teen years. According to Vice, Cher's virgin status and repeated failed driving tests were based on Heckerling's real life, so it was easy for the director to craft the perfect insult from Ty, you're a virgin who can't drive, saying, quote, well, that was me for a very long time, Heckerling explained, quote, you take the thing that embarrassed you most and you use it, end quote. Heckerling also used her fear of driving as an inspiration for Dion's freeway scare. Everyone screaming we know she can't do this she she knows she, she can't do this she's sorry but she's not gonna apologize right now <laughs> but it also does remind me of like i think everyone's first time getting on the the freeway it's horrifying and the person who's teaching you to drive is equally as scared <laughs> as you are you know they don't want to be there as much as they, you <laughs> no no it is awful it is really awful uh but that's the last one I have. I I did think it was interesting that like so much of it was Heckerling herself as a teenager too. It doesn't feel like a punch down as much as it's like a self critique. Well, it's also a very relatable like <laughs> being a virgin who can't drive. Everyone was that at some point, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Most of high school, the two of us were virgins who couldn't drive. That's the whole thing. So like, it's like one of those things where (laughs) it's a very relatable thing. Yeah, I also failed my driver's test. (laughs) Did you? Yeah, I failed it because I went up the curb during parallel parking and had to wait till the end of the summer to take it again. Dang. Yeah. I failed my written. You failed your written one? Yeah. I passed that one with flying colors. I think I filmed my written. I think it was the written one. Was it your permit one? It might have been my permit one. I remember I was crying at some point <laughs> because I failed it. You also, like, your dad taught you to drive. You didn't go to driving school. No, my dad. <laughs> yeah, my dad Dad taught me how to drive. Well, my dad says you don't have to fully stop, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure at some point he was saying stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> See, I went to driving school and I failed my first time. So <laughs> tells you, just get your dad to teach you. <laughs> but anyway, what were your thoughts on Clueless watching it this time? So I had seen it in years and years and years. I saw this like back in high school. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. It's really funny. For 1995, I mean, that's like, it's a period piece at this point. It really is. It's a time capsule. It still holds up extremely. It holds up comedy wise in a very mm-hmm. great way. There's a few jokes where it's like, can't say that yeah there's a few plot stuff where eh, you shouldn't do that but you know not to the point where it's unwatchable though no it's not terrible it isn't really there's way worse stuff oh yeah characters are fantastic i don't think there's a character i dislike in this movie amber oh yeah amber but she's supposed to be the worst she kind of hangs out with him though yeah well she's fake that's what her whole character is oh okay that kind of makes sense yeah because like they're hanging out they're working together elton also sucks oh elton sucks a lot he left her in the middle of town after harassing her she didn't have any choice yeah he was gonna keep harassing her until she got out of the car and then he just left her Mm -hmm. he's the worst He's awful. Um, I love Christian. Mm-hmm. I love him so much. Who gave him that car? Holy crap. They're all rich. 
Oh my god, that was a gorgeous car. There's a trivia fact about what kind of car it was, but I didn't know, I don't know what it means. I have no clue. God, it's just a beautiful car. It's some like classic fancy car too, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But I like his character. He's really sweet. He is. He's like, he seems like a good friend to have. Yeah. Like he was like a good friend to have, good head on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, he had great outfits. He really did. He had a style. I love when the dad says, do you think the death of Sammy Davis Jr. meant that there was a spot left open in the Rat Pack for you? <laughs> My favorite is like, I have a 45 and a shovel. I don't think anyone would miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the like, do you like Billie Holiday? And he's, she's like, I love him. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely something stupid I would say as a teenager. Y yes. Yes, definitely. I also love the way that Murray tells them that he's gay. I don't think a straight teenage boy would know the references that Murray was saying. No. Well, he, like, when he was calling Dion, like, woman, and he had this explanation of, like, why it's not bad, and, like... They're smart kids, like Ty says. That's the whole thing. They're all smart kids. They all are well-educated. They know stuff. But <laughs> he calls them a <laughs> Oliver Wilde. Yes, an Oscar Wilde-loving friend of Dorothy. Yes, yes. Oh, that's just a phrase. Yeah, but I just don't think a 90s teenage boy would have known. No, I don't think so either, but he did. I always forget about the teachers part of this movie. I do too. I don't remember them very often. It happens like so quickly and at the beginning before Ty even gets there and the main story really starts. Yeah, it takes a minute for Brittany Murphy's character to show up. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else you want to say? No. Not right now. Okay. I always love the party scene. I love when Murray and Dion are fighting and she's like, I'm gonna call your mom. Oh, yes. It's such a clever movie. It's very witty. Like, they're quote unquote dumb teenagers. They're not. They're pretty educated. But like, they're still naive and... Yeah, exactly. Like, they're quote unquote dumb or naive. Mm -hmm. But like, they're also super witty. Every line is like super witty and super funny. Yeah, it works really well. It's another reason this movie works so well is because they're well educated, but they're still dumb teenagers. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I do love a makeover. That's something that I love in any movie. I love a makeover makeover montage, shopping montage, makeover montage. Can't go wrong. I want Cher's closet. Oh, I want everyone's closet in this movie. Almost every outfit is amazing. I love it. You could wear almost any of their outfits and it's just adorable. You can't go wrong with tartan and plaid. There is one dress where she has like a red dress and pink shoes. I'm like, that's the number one rule, honey. You can't do that. Clash. <laughs> that clashes clash it did it clashed so bad unless there's pink on that dress that's the same pink on those shoes you can't do that i saw mostly red on them mm -hmm. but other than that <laughs> other than the fashion flaw yeah <laughs> other than that fashion flaw i say this while i'm wearing my pjs that i just woke up in they're fashionable pjs you could wear those outside i know they are cute it's a sweatsuit it is a sweatsuit. It is a sweatsuit. I could wear this. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing that Gemini shirt you got me. I love that shirt. Like me too. It, like that was on a whim too, because I was a get, I was gonna get you a different shirt. You could have got me a better shirt. I fucking love this. It's Gemini and the Olsen twins on it. There's not gonna be a better shirt out there for you. There isn't. There really isn't. Those are that's that's my bread and butter. Yeah. It's your bread and butter. We keep using that a lot. I've noticed we keep saying fucking bread and butter. I think we just like it. I think we like just say. You know what I love? I love bread and butter. It's my bread and butter. Bread and butter is my bread and butter. It's your bread and your butter. You can do what you want. Nobody can tell me what ratio to eat this in. So stupid. <laughs> we both we both have been saying that a lot, and I love it. Okay. 
but I, I guess I don't have much else to say right now. Is there anything else you want to say before we move on? No. Okay. I found some negative reviews of this movie. The first one is from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram from Michael H. Price <laughs> in July of 1995 when the movie came out, who gave this movie a 1.5 out of 5 stars. Sounds like a grown man who's hating on a... <laughs> a teen movie. Yeah, a teen movie. Price had hoped that Clueless would bring Heckerling's work back to the brilliance of Fast Times at Richmond High, which was a big success. And they believed that all the films in between Clueless and Fast Times at Richmond High were depicting a slow decline of her career and called clueless snarky condescending and says that it has a cynical take on teen sexuality which what do you mean by that what do you mean by that what do you mean what do you mean michael hmm that's an odd comment what is i don't know what they mean by that i didn't either i was hoping we would figure that out together but i'm still lost i'm still a little lost too because i don't know i just don't know yeah they also say quote clueless is as crass a piece of youth market exploitation as any major studio has delivered in recent years end quote i think they're basically saying this movie was just made for teenagers to go watch it and make money off of them okay it's a teen movie that's kind of what it's four that's their target audience i'm sorry to cater to you grown man yeah <laughs> that's super stupid i think that's i think it's so dumb when they're like this movie wasn't made for me so therefore it's bad yeah i could tell they were trying to capitalize on the youth market duh it's that's showbiz stupid what are you talking about i, I could tell they had a target audience <laughs> therefore it's bad therefore because i was not the target audience it's stupid he calls this crass it's really not what's it called uh, fast times of richmond high is way more crass there's literally girls showing each other how to give blowjobs in the cafeteria in Fast Times at Richmond High. Yeah, point made. Exactly. This movie, I don't think this movie's crass at all. No. They were saying that it had promised to be a savvy parody, but they didn't think Cher was a character they could feel sympathy for. They felt that Silverstone served the film with, quote, a vain arrogance that goes well beyond the demands of the role. Her comeuppance proves insignificant. Her brand of slang is snide and unimaginative, and the film's only worth as a document of fast change times lies in its musical score, end quote and mentions the bands in the movie such as the Mighty Mighty Boston's Radiohead, Velocity Girl, and Counting Crows. The only thing that they felt captured the changing of like social times was the music in the movie, and he doesn't like her slang, which... Okay, call yourself old. Yeah, no kidding. And also the part about like not feeling sympathy for Cher. I totally disagree with that. I could feel sympathy for Cher. Clearly you haven't been a teen girl before. Well then, like, I don't know. I like Cher. I think she's a great character. I do I do feel sympathy. I'm laughing at her because she, you know, she's making stupid decisions sometimes. But like, I still care about her. I still like her. <laughs> she is the nicest one in the movie. She really is. You don't feel a shred of sympathy for her? She's not mean. No. That's the whole thing. She's not mean. She is actually really sweet. Ends with, quote, as to social commentary, there's more and better of that in any of those Frankie and Annette beach party babies of the 60s, which is not to say much, end quote. Apparently you resonate more with the 60s ones, but you can't critique that life moves on. There's new kids who need new movies that aren't from the 60s. How can you write this and not hear your aging body? Yeah, your bones are creaking. <laughs> Decaying as you're writing this. Like, dude, open your eyes. This movie clearly wasn't for you, and that's okay. It was meant for the kids in the 90s. Yeah. 
oh my god no one else is allowed to have a childhood that's not like mine <laughs> but the next negative one i have is for the south florida sun centennial from deborah walker in july of 1995 who gave it 1.5 out of 4 starting with quote the only reason to see clueless is to drink in the beguiling presence of its young star end quote so saying that elisa silverstone is the only reason to go see it and because she's pretty hmm. and then they say quote though intermittent laughs do surface clueless is a threadbare effort that rips off hacker Link's past work as director of fast times at richmond high as well as the broad caricatures epitomized in far better high school movies end quote it's a teen movie there's only so much there's gonna be some similarities yeah but i don't know i've seen both of those movies those are two wild wildly different movies yeah it has teenagers in high school life to sit there and say they're the same movie no i feel like you didn't watch it <laughs> i feel like you you didn't watch one of them yeah and even if they were like using caricatures that are seen in other high school movies i don't think they did a worse job at them i think they maybe even brought a new flavor to them yes agreed what other movie has like the popular people well but they're like nice they're not mean they're not dicks they're not the villains yeah and also to have like a slacker character like travis and turn around for Cher to realize oh he actually is really motivated elsewhere like he's really motivated about skateboarding like he yeah he's not just the stoner kid reverts the stereotype that spicoli was in fast times Oh, yeah, definitely. To counter that, they say that Travis is just a copy of Spicoli. He's similar to Spicoli. He is. And I get that, but he is elevated. Like, he's more realistic. Yeah. They also say that Miss Geist and Ty seem like they were stolen from Greece. Miss Geist seems like the the teachers in Greece, and then Ty seems like a Rizzo ripoff, which I don't agree. I've never seen Greece all the way through. Well, I just watched it recently, and I'll tell you, eh, like, vaguely, but not enough to say that they were stolen from Greece. Yeah, not enough to give them credit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They didn't like that Cher's dad was a gruff lawyer that tones it down with his daughter. Like, did they want him to be mean to his daughter? If he's going to have a soft spot, it's going to be for his daughter. Like, yeah. I think that's just, I thought that was just sweet, you know? Why is that a critique? I don't understand how that was a critique. I don't know. They sound bitter. <laughs> yeah, they do. They also mentioned Josh, Cher's former stepbrother, and say, quote, later he becomes Cher's love interest. Yuck. End quote. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's the one thing I had to agree with him about. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. One point for them. <laughs> <laughs> they end with, quote, Clueless is an overpopulated mess packed with disenfranchised skits, but no true story. With fast times and look who's talking, Heckerling got lucky. This time she has no clue, end quote. I'm sorry, they're saying look who's talking is better than Clueless? The talking baby movie? That is a garbage fucking movie. What the fuck are you talking about? That is a nightmare. <laughs> the talking baby movie? God. That's so rude to say that she just got lucky. This woman has had a very lucrative career has made many iconic movies mm -hmm. and worked on many iconic tv shows like i don't think she got lucky i think she's just fucking talented clueless shows that she has a lot of skill as a filmmaker in my opinion mm -hmm. this is one of the most timeless and quoted teen movies ever yeah since these first few were kind of short, I included some new, like, more recent ones that are a little longer. But the last one that I have that's, like, from 95 is from the Cincinnati Inquirer by Margaret A. McGurk. They wrote this in July 1995 and gave it three stars and said that Cher is too sparkly to despise. They say, quote, Amy Heckerling has pulled off an amazing sleight of hand by turning a story full of vacuous and overindulged California teenagers into a lighthearted comedy of manners, end quote. And then they say the film isn't exactly about anything, quote, Cher a pampered girl who sees herself as a 
doer of good deeds, by which she means makeovers and love connections. So we see a blizzard of costume changes and a lot of romantic maneuvering that doesn't always work out as intended. End quote. I don't think this had this movie needed a huge plot line. Yeah. Or a huge story to follow along. I was happy with what we had, you know? Like, yeah, I know there's not a lot going on in this movie. It's still good. It seems like they liked it. Yeah. And I understand they're not using that as a critique, but there are people who critique it like, but then they'll love Dazed and Confused. Yeah. What the hell was going on in that movie? Nothing. Nothing. A party. Yeah. A party that was going to happen later that night. And, and then it. and then happened, and then it was done. Everyone went home. Yeah. <laughs> or, or went in a car with a grown man. Yeah. But, not surprisingly, the Massey twins liked it. Oh, <laughs> of course they did. So this is from Gone with the Twins, written by Mike Massey, who gave it a 9 out of 10, saying, quote, High Society London has transformed into ritzy Beverly Hills in this obvious twist on Jane Austen's Emma, fueled by gossip, manipulation, snobbery, and mismatched lovers. Amy Heckerling's modernized and displaced script also borrows motifs from My Fair Lady, reshaping Ty's undesirable etiquette and All About Eve, with classmates Amber, Alyssa Donovan's insinuating, but perhaps... Perhaps most insightful and clever of all are the hilarious nods to classic literature quotes and artists, playwrights, and actors, Hedaya's outrageous belligerence, and the dysfunction of nice family dinners devastated by bad attitudes and cell phones. There's evident commentary on the intrusive nature of technology, which amusingly corresponds to Cher's meddling, end quote. I do agree with that last part with the dinner scene because he's like, Cher, get off your phone. And then he gets a phone call and she immediately yes. is like, answers her phone. <laughs> yes, I love it. This means dinner's over. So <laughs> I love that scene because he walks in and Cher goes, I want you to meet my friend Ty. He goes, get on my shirt. <laughs> she scurries out of it. They sit down and goes, no, we're going to have a nice family dinner. And <laughs> she cuts to Ty. She's like, <laughs> she's like, okay. <laughs> It is. It is great. I love that scene. I love any scene with the dad. The dad is, honestly, is a great character. I love the dad. He's hilarious. Hey, he's angry, but he's not really mad at you. No, he's just grumpy. He's got a lot going on. It's a lovable grumpy dad. <laughs> yeah. And then they also say, quote, also on the high list of impressively creative alterations to the Austin storyline are the re-envisionings of familiar connections, melodrama, predicaments, blame slash guilt, and romantic discordancy. They comically clash with the edgy teen vernacular, bared midriffs, and talks about virginity and seduction. Not unlike John Hughes' knack for authentic adolescent discourse, Heckerling's dialogue is uproarious, intelligent, and ideally representative of stylish youth. Status and popularity are still of major importance, but so too are obtaining of driver's licenses and selecting the perfect outfit for every occasion. Carefully obscured by montages, contemporary music, and partying, clueless with the fitting irony of its title is surprising witty, artistic, and a laugh-out-loud affair, though its shrewdest homages are reserved solely for audiences well-versed on the celebrated source material, end quote. I think that's a great way to put it. It's intelligent, but it's still like there's teenagers and they're still doing teen shit. I love it. I, I, I'm glad they liked it. Yeah. I would have not guessed they would, but it's a 90s movie, so there's a good chance they would have. Yeah. It's nice when you can find something they like. Yeah, because they were so mean to Twilight. They were so mean to Twilight. That's what made us hate them. I know. I do a little bit. Like, I think we're, they're slightly our enemies, but... I think if they were to re rewatch and reassess with new context of Twilight, I think they would be nicer about it. I think anyone, if you just watch it just to laugh at it, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. It's so much fun. It is. Again, I think I said this the last time we read a review from them, but when they like a movie, they are so poetic about why they love it. They're good writers. They are. They are. I mean, they've met a lot of celebrities, so clearly they have status and impact. Yeah. 
But I like that they mention the other references in there outside of Jane Austen's Emma. The references to classic literature just sprinkled in there. I want to read these books now. <laughs> now that everyone's like going, it's just like Clueless. All right. You got me. <laughs> People always say loosely based. It seems like pretty damn close. Yeah. <laughs> like more than more than they're giving it credit for exactly like what emma was doing was different like what her good deeds were a different kind of good deed than what Cher was doing it's just different time period and setting that's all i love that yeah. that's fantastic yeah now i kind of want to read the books <laughs> i do i was thinking about this when i was reading the reviews i was like i want to read emma but i want to read the whole thing with Cher's voice in my head reading it i want to hear it from Cher. she should do audiobook she should like as Cher reading emma yeah that would be hilarious if you're listening <laughs> that could be a lucrative deal for you yeah honestly people would fucking do i would buy it i would buy it i would <laughs> i'm pretty sure emma is like uh what's it called uh what's it called whenever you can oh like the copyright is there's like no copyright on it anymore oh um i know what you're talking about like it it's like over a hundred years i don't know what it's called but like happy birthday is this now winnie the pooh winnie the pooh uh great gatsby great gatsby god what's the word i know what you're talking about yeah i don't know somebody will know um <laughs> let us know because we forgot the word <laughs> we know what it is but like uh, god what's the word <laughs> it's gonna kill me now i'm looking it up because i can't yeah. i can't deal it's not freelance mm -mm -mm. free range <laughs> free, free range chickens oh public domain public domain public domain yes i'm pretty sure emma would be public domain by now i feel like a lot of them should be at this point yeah but the last review I have is from Q Network. James Kendrick, 2020, gave it 3.5 stars, saying, quote, Amy Heckerling's Clueless offers some of the best humor, entertainment, and social insight the teen comedy genre has to offer. And while that may sound like damning praise, I do not hesitate to suggest that the teen comedy is one of the most unfairly maligned and underappreciated genres in Hollywood, if only because, like the similarly dismissed horror genre, so many of them are done so badly without any wit, cleverness, and most of all, humanity, end quote which I think is a good point. Mm -hmm. We talked about this a lot with horror. There's people who have given up on the horror genre because there's so many bad horror movies. And I think you could say the same about the teen comedy genre as well. Exactly. And I love that last little bit. There's like, there's humanity to this. Yeah. And it has heart. Yeah. It does have heart. They also say, while Clueless gets plenty of laughs at the expense of its characters, it never looks down on them or its audience for that matter, end quote. I agree. And then they also say, quote, Cher narrates the movie in a tone that is consistently comical yet strangely intimate. One of Heckerling's master strokes is to take a character who would otherwise be the rich bitch teen queen villainess and turn her into the movie's misunderstood heroine. Cher's relentless self-absorption is somehow twisted into a remarkable sense of introspection. It's testament to both... Heckerling's clever writing and Silverstone's first-rate, completely assured performance that Cher transcends the cliches of her character and becomes a genuinely sympathetic person for whom we root for, even though, by any stretch of the imagination, she already has it all, end quote. Like we were saying before, it's definitely a character that would usually be the villain in a teen movie. But they're not. They're all sweet. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're nice. They, they obviously have their um, judgments of other people and it has that quintessential teen movie thing of going through all the clicks and like there's still a sense of judgment around people who aren't like them. But they're not evil. No. <laughs> at all. No. They're just people. <laughs> they're just they're just teenagers. Mm -hmm. And then quote, while the surface of Clueless is broadly entertaining, there are a number of things that about it that set it apart from so many other movies of its ilk. In many ways, it is a playfully subversive riff on the teen sex film, a label of 
applied by film scholar Robin Wood to the glut of teenage movies that filled cinemas throughout the 1980s. For example, while sex is certainly a topic conversation in Clueless, it by no means dominates the story. There's also the inclusion of a gay teenage character, Justin Walker, which was particularly rare at the time. And because all the main characters are girls, the film doesn't fall into the hunter slash hunted dichotomy that privileges the male point of view and by proxy tends to reduce female characters to objects to be one, end quote. Because it was written by a woman. Mm-hmm. And directed. And directed. Mm-hmm. And the show's like a piece of shit guy, too. Yeah. And then, quote, Lastly, while most teen movies either repress parents completely or turn them into comical buffoons, Clueless derives some of its most emotionally endearing moments from scenes between Cher and her tough-talking but soft-hearted litigator father. To everyone else, he is someone to be feared, but Cher just sees him as daddy. And while this does infantilize Cher to a certain extent, it is made clear numerous times that he needs her as much as she needs him. She is constantly trying to get him to eat healthy, take his vitamins, not work so hard, etc. End quote. Yeah. And he is, he's just like one of my favorite parents in a movie. I can't, I can't think of another movie, like another teen-based movie where the parents are cool. It's Easy A. Twilight. 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 (laughs) Twilight and Easy A. Yeah. Then they end with, quote, all of this genre subversiveness is never made awkwardly overt. Rather, it exists just below the movie's candy-colored surface, which is textured with outlandish couture, beautiful homes, chatty valley speak, and something that is missing far too often in teen films, a sneaky love of life. Clueless never takes itself seriously, especially with its exaggerated tone and visuals, yet it has some real insight in both teen life and human nature in general. In other words, it's everything you should expect a good teen comedy to be. End quote. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And that's what makes it really great. The part about a sneaky love of life is interesting because it's like, because Cher's not a cynical character, but she still has to go through this process of like learning to love life for what it is. Exactly. That is the last critic review I have. We can move on to the audience reviews if you're ready. Yes. Okay. This first one is from Letterboxd. It's three and a half stars from 2016. Everyone in this film is so earnest about fashion or first love or skateboarding or getting students to care for people in need and so rewarded for earnestly trying to be better. Mean Girls wants its audience to regard its sick burns as sick burns and the characters suffer for it. In Clueless, you're a virgin who can't drive is a devastating moment that must be resolved. And the resolution comes in the form of mutual overflowing heartfelt over-the-top apologies, which is honestly the sweetest thing I've ever seen on screen. And I would watch 70,000 films consisting of nothing but that sort of relationship dynamic. I love that. That's hilarious. And that's a good point about it. I don't think that there was a need to put Mean Girls down over it, but... Yeah, I don't agree with that because Mean Girls has its own thing going on. I don't think they're very comparable. No, but I do, I do appreciate the way that they describe Clueless, though. Their resolution is literally just like, I'm no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, I was shitty. No, I was shitty. I was being stupid. No, I was being stupid. I love it. Yeah. And yes. It's the most teen girl friend apology. Like, I don't even think teen girl. Like, I think just like close female friends apologizing to each other. Because they feel bad. Yeah. Of course. This is like when we were fighting about when he got in a race. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we literally sat in silence for like two seconds. <laughs> like i'm not wrong <laughs> yeah we don't apologize though because <laughs> we both acknowledge yeah this is not gonna move on no <laughs> so. i'm not sorry but i'm not continuing the, the i'm argument. not gonna continue this argument uh you have your thoughts i have mine um i'm right you're wrong it, you know we just move on we're mature <laughs> enough to move on okay <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> this is so fucking funny of all things it was a freaking anime yeah <laughs> yes that's our town fault <laughs> Four and a half stars, 2016. 
Is it incest? I still don't know. I don't want to think about it. I don't, either. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I mean, it's not. Technically. It's not. They're not related. They're not related by blood or marriage. Yeah. I'm not defending this. I'm not going to. I'm not either. I don't want to talk about it too much. I don't either. It's not surprisingly, it came up quite a bit in the reviews. I I bet it did. Because there's, here's the thing. As much as I love this movie, that's a big, that's a big one. That's a big critique. Yep. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Two and a half stars from 2020. It's good, but not my thing. I feel like the plot lacks too much for me to fully enjoy it. That probably won't stop me from watching it again, though. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Same. I've I've definitely done that. I'd be like, this was terrible. I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> I gotta show this. To, I gotta show this to someone. Yeah. I found that where I'm like, this may be so bad. I need to show it to someone. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what our our guilty pleasures series was about. This movie's terrible, but I can't take my eyes off of it. Yeah. Exactly. I like that they admit it's not their thing. I don't. I think this person just they're needs not critiquing to, anything. No. I think this person just needs to admit to themselves that a movie can have like not much plot and still be good. I think that's all that's it is. Because they want to watch it again. Just admit you like it yeah that's what i was trying to say earlier a movie does not have to have a lot of things going on for you to like it i think this movie has plenty of things going on i'm sorry it does i'm along for the ride like yeah i've said this with a lot of teen movies what else would be going on in a teenage girl's life in reality you know like she doesn't have much going on like other than going to parties going to school and like working on herself yeah interacting with other people like that's 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 it that's the gist (laughs) yeah but yeah, I'm, I'm still glad that they admit that they're going to watch it again. Maybe they'll change their mind. Maybe. This one's four stars for 2021 on Letterboxd. Paul Rudd is one of the cutest characters I've ever seen in this movie. Same goes for Alicia Silverstone. Hell, this whole damn cast is just adorable. They are. I honestly agree with that. <laughs> Amy Heckerling's mid-90s satire walks in the footsteps of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, even if it lacks the inarguably adult edge of the 80s. Two scenes prove Clueless is one of the most intelligent studies of modern life as a teenager, a prophetic 15 seconds in which Heckerling frames the mobile phone as the monolith from 2001, thus encapsulating every generation of youth to follow, and a scene in which a group of hapless teens accidentally pulls out onto the freeway, summing up the nerves of every post-test adolescent behind a wheel. Mm-hmm. Anyone who claims this to be boring or unfunny is a master of self-denial. As if. Thank you. Very, very true. Yeah, Fast Times at Richmond High has a very different feel mm-hmm. than this movie. This movie is way more cutesy. Yes. Fast Times at Richmond High talks about like serious, serious topics. They do. The reason I like Clueless is because it's it's so lighthearted in what it talks about. It's not that serious. I feel like we've kind of reverted a little bit with teen media. The teen shows that we grew up with and that were out when we were kind of like growing up were so like high stakes. <laughs> they were, yes. There's been movies that have recaptured that, like Lady Bird, mm-hmm. I feel like is a good low stakes teen movie. That movie hits different though. That movie's, it's kind of low stakes, but it's like, I don't know, it's real life stuff. You know, yes. real life. It's more, it's it's a lot less played up than Clueless. Like no one's gonna die, but like. No, but it feels like it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you're a teenager. Exactly. Yeah, 80s teen movies were kind of like the most raunchy shit is happening yes oh my god intense shit where you're like this could have been set in college and probably should have because like should have been should have been uh, speaking of which a little sidebar have you heard the stuff being talked about about the velma show on hbo i was literally thinking about this while we were talking about it i heard it's garbage I watched it, made it five minutes in, turned it off. Mm-hmm. It has a 1.7 out of 10 on IMTB. Wow. 
the best review title I saw of all of it was this is literally just a self-insert fan fiction and it's literally one of those shows that like tries to be progressive but in turn is being extremely offensive oh and it's like nobody knows who's who it's for (laughs) (laughs) like who who is the target audience it's the writers yeah i guess so i just keep seeing the tiktoks of the little clips from that show and then cutting the glass onion where he's going it's just stupid yeah and then someone goes oh it's so stupid it's brilliant he goes no it's just (laughs) stupid Why are they taking something that's been literally on since the 60s? You have this dynamic of characters that have not changed since then. And you're trying to reinvent the wheel with them. And it's just like, why? Outside of it being a Scooby-Doo thing, it's just a bad show. Just if anyone was thinking about watching it, don't, 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 don't give them the stats. Go on TikTok and... Yeah. watch people review it that's what i suggest you do there's a youtuber named Brittany reacts and she said that she's going to do a reaction for every episode that comes out so you don't have to watch it just watch her watch it because it's hilarious i'm gonna watch that <laughs> Brittany reacts on youtube nice but the next review i have for clueless <laughs> four and a half stars august 2019 hey everybody today my brother complained about this film the whole time we were watching it so i'm starting a kickstarter to put him down the benefits of killing him would be he would insult this masterpiece way less and if you don't know that's a reference to the um the josh ovaye vine i love that this this is the only good review yeah this is the only good review it is no stars march 2020 There is no subgenre more homogenous than 90s films, but in this case, it's like pizza. I liked it the first time I had it, and I'll like it the 300th time I've had it. Yeah, that's a good one. I heard another analogy to pizza. It's like, it could be the shittiest pizza ever. It's still pizza. Uh, Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's not a big leap between the worst pizza you've ever had in the middle and then the best pizza you ever had. Mm -hmm. It's all still pizza. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I had some dog shit pizza recently. It was the only pizza in town. Yeah. You could hand me the shittiest pizza in the world. I'll still eat it. I ate two slices. (laughs) Yeah. They were awful, but I still ate them. (laughs) Three out of 10 from IMDb titled, Am I the Only One Who Hates This Movie? from 2000. I loathe Clueless. I'll concede that it does have a sprinkling of humorous one-liners, but other than that, this movie makes my skin crawl. I hate the characters. After about 20 minutes, I already hoped Cher would crash that Jeep right into their 90210 high school for a John Woo-style pyrotechnics display. Alas. It was not to be. I have no idea how anyone can sympathize with any of the characters. The message of this movie is revolting. Make sure you change yourself to be accepted, kids. Ugh. Actually. That's not at all what happens in the movie. No. It tells you to, you got to work on you on the inside sometimes. Mm -hmm. But your friends will still love you. Yeah. Work on being a better person. Yeah. A better version of you. Not a completely different you. Someone missed the point of the movie. Ty literally goes back to like how she was sort of evolved version of it. She realizes she lost herself. A little. Yeah, she did. I'm sorry. <laughs> did you watch it or? No, they probably didn't. They probably cut it off 20 minutes in. The John Woo style pyrotechnics. You know this isn't for you. Yeah. Next one is No Stars from 2020 on Letterbox. Jane Austen literally wishes she did this. <laughs> also, Paul Rudd, I'm just a whole sir. <laughs> Good lord. Like I said, you never know what you're going to get with no stars on Letterbox. I fear them. I fear them. We had one earlier, pretty tame. This one, holy shit. <laughs> just a whole, sir. <laughs> just, I've never heard anyone describe themselves as that. That's hilarious. Oh my god. Oh, Jesus Christ. One star, 2018, Letterboxed. 
The protagonist is the most annoying person ever. I hoped that Paul Rudd is going to be great, but the humor he's given is really dumb. Edit, just for clarification, after rewatching this, I have realized what a mistake I have made, and I can now see that Clueless is one of the most joyful movies there is. <laughs> see, I think I think people need to do that. If people didn't like it the first time, they need to go see it the second time. This is character development. It is. Mm-hmm. I appreciate this person. I don't like that they didn't update the star number. Yeah, they need to change the star, but thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> One out of 10 from IMDb titled An Awful Version of Emma from 2002. Amy Hackerling knows how to make movies for teens. Clueless was not only a hit with teenagers, but it launched fashions and new vocabulary for teens to use. It is loosely based on Jane Austen's Emma, but its vulgar sensuality and profanity will offend many. We see the wealthy share transform from spoiled to a down-to-earth character. That's all. There's no message except to be to being a better person. However, the movie is a silly little piece of fluff. I wouldn't recommend it. If you want to see a great film that's more true to Jane Austen's Emma, check out the 1996 film of Emma with Gwyneth Paltrow. Or if you're a teenager, you might want to check out Legally Blonde with Reese Witherspoon. It's a much better movie than Clueless. I agree, Legally Blonde is a great movie. (laughs) I'd never seen Emma. Yeah, I'm not taking it literally that this is Emma. 14-year-old me did not click this movie on Netflix because it was a loose adaptation of Emma. This person's acting like they came straight from the 1800s after reading Emma. Jane Austen would faint. (laughs) Yeah, like... This next one's a one star from 2017. I really don't get along with this genre. I loved Edge of 17, and I heard this along with... Mean Girls and Easy A are one of the few well-liked films like this, so I thought I'd give it a go. It wasn't for me. I found it to be a pretty unbearable and cringy experience that left me annoyed rather than entertained. I get why people liked this. I just found it frustrating. Paul Rudd is a saving grace, at least. The man also has not aged once in his whole career. True. Paul Rudd is like the actor in this one that everybody, if they even if they hated it, they're like, but Paul Rudd's in it. Exactly. He's like one of those. Man, how could it not be Brittany Murphy? I know. I think everyone's great in this movie, honestly, so. I agree. This next one's five stars from Letterboxd from 2021. This is the last one. The scene where they find out Christian is gay and Dion gets so frazzled, she accidentally drives onto the freeway and almost kills everyone in the car while they get out. When they get flipped off by a grandma, plays on constant loop in my head every time I have to get on the freeway, and I really wouldn't have it any other way. No, this scene resonated with me as well. It's just screaming up there whenever I'm getting on the highway. <laughs> what would you give Clueless out of 10? I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Points off for incest? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> That's fair. I'm going to stick with an 8 out of 10. I think I'll say like 8.5. Okay. That's fair. You can't have a film this timeless and quotable and it not be one of the best, you know? Yeah. So anything else? I think that's it. Okay. So you can reach us on our Instagram if you want to suggest a movie to us. We've had two people do that and we love to hear feedback and suggestions from y'all. And you can reach us on Instagram at Easy Bake Takes. We also have a TikTok at Easy Bake Takes. We have our website where we post the transcripts of our episodes along with review overviews. That's EasyBakeTakesPodcast.com. Those are same review overviews are also on Letterboxd. You can follow us over there and don't forget to follow us, leave a review wherever you listen and share us with a friend. And thank you so much for listening. My name is Kat. And I'm Riley. This has been Easy Bake Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye.